Yo, 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 what's going on out there? This is your boy, Pete from Doers and Says here. Just want to say how this uh, show today is sponsored by Empire Pizza, 10420 Kingston Pike, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37922. Every Monday they got trivia at 730. You can come down, win some gift cards for first and second place. First place pays out $40. Second place pays out uh, 20 bucks. Yo, and then they also got where if you pick the artist of a song, which you know we love artists, uh, you can get $20 uh, as a reward as well. They have happy hour every day from 3 to 6. All draft is $2. A dollar off of all bottles during that time. Every day. Come on, man. You can't beat that price. Tuesday through Thursday, they got an 18-inch cheese of pepperoni for $12 plus tax. Let me tell you, if you ain't ate this pizza, you're missing out. Come to Empire Pizza where they'll offer you a slice you can't refuse. You're listening to the Doers and Sayers podcast. Another episode of the Dirt and Sarah's podcast. It doesn't stop. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Jomo, and Let's on see. the show today, we have Wasabi Wilson, yeet, 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 and yeet, yeet, playing yeet. the role of Peter Yapel is his lovely wife, Sarah. Whoop Say whoop. hi, Sarah. Hello, everyone. What is this voice? Very excited to How are you here. doing, Wasabi? I you sound, yeah, you sound so strange. I'm cool. Thank you. <laughs> I'm cool. Thank you. Okay, and so you know that you can find and listen to our show on Podbean and SoundCloud. They're both at Doers and Sayers. And then you can listen to us on um, on iTunes under Doers and Sayers. And if you want to follow us, we're on Twitter and Facebook. And then we're on Instagram, too. So you can follow us there. Or if you don't want to do any of that stuff, you can just go to doersandsayers.com where you'll find music, pictures, and <laughs> other fun stuff. You sound like a mix this of like Elmer Fudd and like some other high pitch. I'm finally able to get through character. one of them. Good gracious. Yeah. I'm finally able to get through. It's like half the time when I try to do it, it's like I should bust out laughing and it's like it's it's just a rap. He's trying to let you, let you live, man. Yeah, he did great. Together. You did okay. great. And Thank this, you. this voice is, I think it took uh, it took <laughs> me back. Like, I couldn't really. Uh, I was not expecting it. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> know all. how to respond. Okay. <laughs> so, with no further ado, back. tonight's guest is. Okay, let me stop. All right, <laughs> tonight's guest, y'all, mm. um, is an amazing poet, mm. an amazing artist. Mm. And why she came on our show, I have no idea, but I'm happy she's here. Oh, snap. Um, I'm happy she's here. <laughs> um, yo, introducing to the listeners in podcast land, Miss Dajay Morris. Yeah. Oh, you can say hi or Hello. something. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't be nervous. It's fine. 
we're, we're gonna we're gonna have fun. Um, and have you listened to the show before? Have you ever I heard? Have. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, um, I was saying that the re well the reason why Sarah's on tonight instead of Pete is because it is gonna be National Women's Month, and so we thought we started off right. And so that's why we have Sarah nice. here, and then no, now and we have Daji Morris. Um, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be okay. So, anyway, get to the first question. No, no, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I got a lot on my mind. A lot I gotta get to, get to, want to get to. That's that deals with you and the music and the poetry. So, first question is, um, do you still have the first song and poem you ever written? Yes, I oh. do. <laughs> Can we know the name of both? Of them, and can we find them anywhere? You cannot find them okay. anywhere unless you break <laughs> into my house. <laughs> They're under lock and key. They're oh. under lock and key. But the first poem I ever wrote is called "Spring Has Come," and Spring I wrote it come. when I was ten years old. Ten years oh, old. Oh wow! The question was how old were you when you wrote your ten. first poem? All right. I was ten, and it was, um, it was a pretty expansive poem. Oh, <laughs> right out the gate, you just had right it. Right out the gate, it was okay. just bam. Ten stanzas. So about wow. spring. Wow, that's about a lot spring. of stanzas. I love spring. Oh. And then the first song I wrote is called. Um, ah, let me remember. Gently. It's called Gently. Gently. Yeah. Okay. And how old were you when you wrote that one? I was fifteen. Okay. Oh. Wow. It it sounds the title sounds strange, Gently, for a fifteen-year-old to write. But it was about. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. I would think about when I was. I wouldn't write anything about gently. Like sucks, <laughs> womps, stinks. I was, I was definitely um, very spiritual when I was fifteen. Mm. So it was oh. about the gentle love of Jesus. Ooh. Oh, so Ooh. Yeah. I feel okay. like if I had been like writing poetry or writing songs at like ten, much less fifteen, I would have been like, especially at fifteen, like, oh, like the world is hard and right. you know my <laughs> life is hard. I and hate this. So like melodramatic about you know what I think is right you know the end of the world and of course you know in the grand scheme of things would not be (laughs) so that's actually nice it's very positive oxyclean does not work that would have been my first poem (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like the the first line of a really great (laughs) slam poem Uh, yes exactly did you have an experience, Trevor, no, that prompted that? Not. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think we all did. Nothing I'm getting into on this podcast. I was trying to OxyClean, use the pads on my face, and it made it even worse. <laughs> like I had more bumps after the OxyClean than I had before I used OxyClean. Mm. So I had the Oxy pads. I did everything, noxema, anything. Then my mom gives me apricot scrub, and it's like, that's why I stuck The apricot before. scrub worked, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the one thing I say worked. Yeah, shout out to St. Ives ap- apricot scrub. Yes, yes. Um, so, um, when it, when it comes to the poetry, who would you say, um, some of your influences are like, like, how did you get started writing poetry? Yeah. So my current influencers are not the influencers who, um, who started me on my poetry journey, I guess you could Mm. say. Okay. I started writing poetry after watching a movie as a 10 year old. Um, called Anne of Green Gables. Okay, I know that story. Yeah, you know Anne of Green Gables. So I watched it when I was 10, and I was like, (gasps) I see myself so much in this story. And for those who don't know who Anne of Green Gables is, Anne of Green Gables is the story of a young redheaded orphan girl who has a wild imagination Mm. and talks a lot. She's a communicator. And the movie begins with her walking through the woods 
quoting Tennyson's Lady of Shalott, willows oh. whiten and aspens quiver, little breezes dusk and shiver. And from that moment, that very moment, I was captivated by what poetry can do to the heart. Wow. And wow. so I, me being a little nerd, I was a reader, I went to the library and there's a specific book that my stepdad traveled and when we went with him, he would drop us off at the library. I would find this book in every city that we went to okay. and I would read it and it's called How to Write Poetry. It was okay. by Rob Hoffman. Rob Hoffman, okay. Yes. I'll check him out. Um, yeah, I haven't read any of his stuff since. <laughs> but you got you started, yeah, though. Started yeah. you on your journey. The first quote in the book basically showed me what the power of a journal is and mm. where mm. I can keep my poems and where I can express Right. Um, and how the journal is a place that only belongs to one soul and only one soul gets to live there unless someone else is given express permission. Oh, wow. So I found deep. safety in both the words of Anna Green Gables walking through the woods um, <laughs> and this random author who right. I found on a children's bookshelf mm. teaching me how to write poetry. Wow, that's, that's pretty deep. Yeah. You know yeah. what? For what you said, I wonder, has anyone ever, because you, you, the way you describe it is like, it's almost like a sacred thing. It's your own personal thing, right? Your journal. Absolutely. Have you ever experienced someone like trying to violate that privacy? I have. Yeah? I mm. have. My family. Um, and I think they did it. I don't think they did it out of malice. I, don't, I think they did it because I was such a quiet person. Mm. Um, and I... I was so shy and um, I was adolescent. So I liked, bo I was starting to like boys and I was growing into yeah. my body and I was like experiencing this life as a, like a new small adult human being. And <laughs> the, they, <laughs> I think they just wanted to make sure I was right. okay. But I came, I came away from it very hurt and I ended up burning one of my journals as a oh result wow. of it. Um, but I ended up buying the exact same journal back from Office mm. Depot and to replace like it. Writing <laughs> my, rewriting yeah. my poems and as many as I could remember. Right, right. Yeah. That's got to be difficult, too, to recall stuff. I'm sure you there were some things that you wanted to remember that you couldn't quite yeah. get, them, get it all the way back. And, yeah, that's difficult. Oh, yeah. But I think the question is so valid, though, because you're talking about how a journal is such a personal experience mm -hmm. and you can and you found safety there, especially like mm -hmm. kind of at the beginning of this journey for you um, and that it really is a place for one soul unless you are granted permission. Mm -hmm. um, so I started art in college and I remember I was dating this guy and he opened my sketchbook. And I mm -mm. felt so violated. Wow. And he, like, did not understand it at all. I was like, you can't just look at that. Right. Like, because you want to. I was like, it's very personal. Yeah. It's just for me. Like, right. it's not stuff to show other people. Like, it's just exactly. for me. And he reacted strongly because he, of course, didn't intend anything negatively. Or it wasn't with malice, maybe mm. in the case, like, your family. Um, but it was definitely, like crossing the line right. for me just that total intrusion of like this is not supposed to be for anyone else but but me only right mm -hmm. so it's definitely an intrusion for sure i want to say that um when it comes to writing journals i think for a while i had a journal i think from i want to say about the age of 16 till i was about 21 
I had a, I was doing journals, journal, journal, journal like things. I can't tell. Like I was like, it was like every day I wrote in it. But it was like, um, my mine came from an author by the name of Paul Zendel, and he had this mm-hmm. book called The Amazing and Defying Diary of Eugene Dingman. It was about this kid that that went upstate New York, um, found out a lot about himself, about love, and just about life in general. It was like, you know what? I feel like I feel like I'm Eugene Dingman. I want to have my own journal now. And so from from that point for those six years, because I was in high school, and this was like around the same time. Well, a little bit after I moved from New York to Georgia, and I felt so out of place that I, I didn't know say, what to what to what yeah. to do with myself. So I started this journal, and I was always ended with "I'll write again tomorrow." Right. And because that's the way that Eugene would would, would end his like his um like what he would say for the day. I'll write again tomorrow. Or I'll be back yeah. tomorrow. And yeah. so I thought it was a... Oh, you remember that? Oh, you know this? No, book? I don't oh. know it, okay. but I relate. Oh, I okay. <laughs> I feel that. Oh, yeah. So, and I thought that that's that's what helped me with the journal. That was That's my, been my experience with journal. I should probably get back to that because I just feel like I have a lot of things that I want to say. Mm. Um, So, when so when you... when What age did you start writing your journal? I started writing in a journal when I was 10. Oh, so, so around the same time you write... Very quick succession. Wow, that's that's yeah. crazy. And it, it was 10. it was actually um, it correlates very heavily with the fact that my mom was remarried when I was nine. Mm. Okay. And so, and it was right around the time where my stepdad started asking us to call him dad, mm. and I really wasn't sure how to process mm. that. Wow. And so I feel like the movie and the journal and the book all happened as a gift at once for me oh yeah to be able to be honest in some place yeah give you an outlet to put those feelings in yeah i guess i guess in a situation like that you know um this is a stepdad so there's a relationship with your mom right Mm -hmm. can't really talk to your mom about it right? right so you need an outlet that's not your normal outlet for stuff right so you have to create one yeah so i guess that's and I didn't even from? know what I was doing. I didn't right. know that that, that that was what I was doing. Right. I just, like, I honestly thought, oh, this is just something that I love and this is something that I connect to, you know. Yeah. And even thought, like, wished myself out of my body because I felt mm. so sad about all of it, but I couldn't separate my sadness from the situation. I just felt yeah. like, oh, maybe I'm just being ungrateful. Or maybe I'm just being, maybe I just. Wow. You're thinking all this at 10? Yeah. I was, wow. pr- I still have say, my journal. That's why they I say, well, girls mature faster than boys. Because it's like at 10, soul. I was like, right, right, I, would, right. I wouldn't know how. Like, huh? What do you, I don't know. Like, I, I remember my, when my dad remarried, I don't think his, um, his, his, like, the woman he married, like, said, call me mom. But I, when, I, when I came across my dad 30, 40 years later, um, she she referred to me as son. It's like, huh? And it's like, you know. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think anything by it. But it's like, if I had to go through that when I was ten, I would have been like going nuts. Like I what? wrestled. I he called. He said, "Call me dad," and I was like. No, I can't <laughs> call you dad. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else I'm calling dad, but <laughs> it's not you. Right, <laughs> right, right, yeah. So that's yeah. heavy, man. Yeah. All right. So you're writing and keeping journals. How did you like? How does it go from from being writing poetry and keeping a journal, and how did you make that mesh to become just straight full out poetry? 
Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of fell into it. Right. Poetry is my first language. Mm. Right. Um, okay. It's, it's, it's what I speak. Um, yeah. And I've never really had a departure from it since. Mm. And that's clear too in the music, right? Like oh, absolutely. you listen to the music, the words in the music. It's not just music, you know what I mean? There's the lyrics have meaning. There's intent behind that meaning. Um, I appreciate that because, uh, especially now, it's so easy to come up with a vibe or something that right. sounds right. fun or cool. You know, you know what I mean? Which is right. beautiful. That exactly, exactly. But I think for my taste personally. I appreciate words, you know, I appreciate thoughtful words and word placement, you know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think you are. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I, I will heavily second that. So right. <laughs> this is an anniversary episode in, in a small way because right. we did a we did a Women's History Month episode that I got to be a part of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you were the artist feature um, for the episode. And so, you know, it was my first time on the show. Um, Peter just had surgery, so he was kind of out of commission for a little while and um so after we played the song you know joe's like hey like sarah like do you want to start us off and i was so intimidated like going into like listening the song um that i was like oh man like i'm not gonna know what to say like i'm gonna be like oh well i don't i I don't know (laughs) and then i remember listening to the song and joe asked me the question and i was like i would love to go first (laughs) because it was so great and one of the things that that I remember about it is that it, um, I feel like it's, it's a, a story that you can follow and it's something that you can relate with. So like Trevor was saying, you know, oftentimes like lyrics don't have as much meaning as they could potentially have in, in that same scenario and outlet. Um, and I think the way that I put it then was talking about like being an articulate artist. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying what you're intending to say Um, which allows your listeners to be able to connect to it in a very real way. And so I was so intimidated to have to, like, voice my opinion on, you know, the the song feature and then feeling like it was so easy because I reacted so strongly to it. Okay. Um, If you didn't know uh, what Sarah's talking about, the song that 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 we talked about that day was Unravel. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, um, I probably should have said, <laughs> and, um, said that. Yeah, you're fine. But um, and we all we all have something to say. Um, before I get into like the questions, cause I if you don't mind, can we talk a little bit about Unravel? Are oh, you fine sh- with that? Sure. All right. Okay. So um, before I get into that, um, I want to know from you, like as like so we're gonna be talking about the um the music side of you now. Who are some of your early influences musically? Definitely Corinne Bailey Ray. Oh, I was I thinking was that. I, I think you yeah, think, think Trevor Whiskey was saying that. Like, I Corinne said that Ray, like Bailey the first Ray. time. When, when, like, yeah. yeah. First time you heard. Yeah, not, not to take, not to take, um, I know he's got more he wants to say, but the first time I heard anything from you, um, I I was linking up with Attica. I just recently moved back here. Um, and I was thinking up with Atticus, you know, uh, I think everybody knows Black Atticus in this yeah, town. Yeah, And he was like, yo, meet me at Modern Studio. Uh, I guess they have just opened. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's January of, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I come and I'm there, and um, he's like, yeah, check her out. You know what I mean? She, she's, uh, she, she's L, she, she's dope. You know, we use all this language, slanguage, <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, I'm checking it out, and I'm, and I'm listening. I'm like, yo. 
Corinne Bailey Ray immediately. Like that was came immediately. Yeah. Little bitch outside my window. Right, and I think yes. when I I got I got the CD that day, and I brought it to I Joe. I remember that. You do remember? Yes, I remember okay. that exchange. Yeah. That's so funny. And I don't have a anymore. Oh, I know. Well, we were talking about it before the show because I was like, oh, yeah, the CD. Because right. I was just listening to it on SoundCloud. And Joe was like, oh, yeah, like I've had it for forever. And right. I was like, oh, did you have it before the last time that we like talked about it? And he was like, oh, yeah, I had it before that. So I was just like Johnny come lately into the scene yeah. um, as far yeah. as like catching on. But so apparently it's been a long, long time relationship with your music. Definitely. And, and, and my last point on that, and I'll, and I'll let you take it, Joe, um, oh. is back to words and lyrics. Because a vibe lasts mm-hmm. for the time that you're listening to the song. The words stick with you long after the song goes off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's something that um, you definitely have with your music. You know what I mean? Thank you. All right. So let, like, is there any other artist that you want to say that, that gave you an influence? Yes, I was, I was influenced by Alicia Keys and mm. Erica Badu. Okay, I just nice. like their vibe. Okay, I don't <laughs> but oh, lately, I definitely agree with. <laughs> with that yeah, I think now my music is starting to lean toward more of like that Erica Badu, like really paying attention to vibrations and like yeah. really paying attention to the frequencies. Mm. Um, a lot of unreleased stuff that I have is kind of leaning into that world of paying attention to the sublim- subliminal mm. messaging and like how people are feeling when they're experiencing it. Not like not just the words, but also everything, like a symbiotic relationship between every part of the song. But um, recently my one of my other music influences, or two of them, have been um, Tank and the Bangas. Mm. I'm okay. obsessed with them. I could literally sit and watch their, and I have, their <laughs> NPR <laughs> Tiny Desk concert okay. all day for eight to ten hours. Okay, could and what's the name of this tank, event again? Tank and the Bangas. Tank and the Bangas. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right, I'll have to check that out. Amazing. Yeah, and then Leanne Le Havis Leanne has been Le a Havis. huge influence oh, of mine as check, well. Check them out. So, okay. I love yeah. learning about new artists <laughs> from artists, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. You have to check them out. They're okay. amazing. Tank and the Bangas and Leanne. Tank is coming in May. Tank, okay. Tank is fire. Okay. <laughs> We're not talking about that R and V tank, right? We're not talking coming about. I don't. I don't think like that's another tank. Another coming tank. in May at the wow. Bijou. Oh no, she, she, oh okay. My God, I love she, she, and the Bangas. Tank the and the Bangas. Okay. They're coming. Okay, and Leanne La Havas. La Havas. Okay. Mm. Tang right. is a spoken word artist as well. Okay. So All right. Yeah. Cool. And they're coming here? Nice. Absolutely. Keep my eye out. I'm going to be there. Oh, my God. And I, the Bijou is my favorite theater yeah. in Knoxville. So I haven't been there. What a perfect venue. I saw, I've seen Portugal the Man there, and I've seen um, Jim Brewer there. Have I seen anybody else in there? Um, oh, I saw one other actor. I can't remember the name right now. But, yeah, I saw a couple of Bijou is really nice. I like it. Really nice. I've, I've seen all different kinds of stuff from like comedy shows yeah. to um, I think my like high school boyfriend took me to this like Valentine's Day thing. So I've like mm-hmm. seen kind of like lots of 
lots of different things, but I love She's that a bijou venue. veteran. It is so, like, there's just some, there, it's an experience mm. to be in that theater, I think. Right. It's really nice. It and so it's also an intimate situation. So if you get to be there, especially for music, mm. you get to feel really close to it. It's not like a huge auditorium. Mm. And so I think that's a unique experience. Cool. Gotta do it. I love it. All right. So what I was going to say about Unravel, and I guess about you, because it's like it's, it's so amazing to hear that, that you bring up more of the R&B acts that, 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 that are your influences. When I, when, I know when I said the... Um, when I talked about it on the podcast, I was like, yo, it puts me in a space of an early Nora Jones. Come away with I me. Love, lo- I used to listen to her in high school, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> too. Yes, yes, absolutely, all the yeah, way. With Regina Spector. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's another name I mentioned. I, I said, the, a couple things I mentioned, I said, I said Jewel, Nora Jones, um, Sarah McLaughlin, Josh Stone, Ingrid Josh Michelson. Stone. Yes, Ingrid and, Michelson. And Regina Spector. Yes, yes. So all you, of those. Your music yes. put me in, in that mind frame because it has like this this folk sound mm-hmm. that reminded me of a, of a younger Jewel. And when I think of yes. Unravel, um, it made me think of, um, <coughs> what is that? Sarah McLaughlin, Sweet Surrender. Hmm, I haven't heard that one. Oh, that's a great song. Um, oh, yeah. Because on, on Unravel, you say um, you unravel me with your goodness and mercy. Mm-hmm. On Sweet Surrender, Sarah McLaughlin says something similar. Was well, something similar? I think, in my sense, she says, "Um, you take me in, no questions asked. You strip away the ugliness that surrounds me." Mm. And and that's and I, I feel like like man, that felt like like it, a to me that's it was like a parallel. Mm-hmm. And so, but but it's like I like the, I like the like the the calming down home vibe. And then it also that I have you here, um, is. Cause it's like, this is one of those like, is she being spiritual or is she talking about a person? Mm. Like, 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 if if you don't mind, if you if you don't mind, would you could you like give us some background into this to this amazing song? Yeah, so it's actually a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so when I wrote this song, I was leaving my husband the second time and the okay. last time. And as soon as I wrote it, it was, I had like written so many songs, but this was one of those songs that I knew I have to record this and mm. I have to release it. Yeah. I have to record it. I have to release it. And I couldn't shake it. Yeah. So four days after I'd moved into my new place, October of 2016, okay. yeah. um, October of 2016, October 4th, I went down to my producer who was in Atlanta, who who had <coughs> excuse me coughing who had just been in a horrible accident mm. and so like this song kind of came at the right time like yeah. just like this spiritual almost and right he was actually um he had been in a bike accident okay. um right after he moved to nashville in april mm. and that paralyzed him from the waist down oh wow and so I would go back and forth from Atlanta to Knoxville just to see him every now and then. Mm. Um, but it just felt right to record the song then. So I went there for the weekend and I was like, we have to record this. Right. Yeah. And it was it was a combination of my relationship with the spirit and my relationship with my friendships and my like my people and right. the people who kind of held me during that time as a, as a human being and not just as a project, you know, not right. as something that needed to be fixed, but 
someone who is allowed to exist mm. and to be in pain for a little while. And so they showed me so much mercy um, as a human being. And I wasn't exp- like, I w- didn't share too many details of what happened. Right. It was too much at the time. Right. But there was so much that happened and so much that could have easily been like penned on me if the mm. perspective were in, you know. Yeah. And I just allowed it. You know, I lost a lot of friendships, but I just was in too much pain to explain myself during right. that time. And so having a safe place among my friendships. Yeah. People who allowed me to be, to unravel, to show me, they showed me mercy. And then also being, feeling like I was in the right place at the right time with the spirit, mm. facing the right direction, you know. Um, and leaning into eyes that, understood and ears that heard me and arms that could feel every part of who I was and still accept me. Um, so, so yeah. Wow. Cause when you say that <coughs> it's like, like, like your project bloom, uh, um, makes so much more sense now <coughs> Excuse me. after hearing what you say, it's like, like, like everything dealing with bloom or the bloom project makes so much sense now. It's like, Oh wow! It's like now when I start like listening, thinking back to some of the songs on there, it's like, oh, mm. this makes so much sense mm-hmm. now. I can see where she's coming from with this one or that one, and and mm-hmm. and, and that that's really that's really dope. That's 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 dope. Yo. Oh, I know, and I love how you say that because as you're kind of describing the, the you know the the things that happened that sort of prompted that, and you know kind of how you celebrated it through. Or not celebrate. Maybe that's the wrong word, but I did celebrate. <laughs> um, and Shameless. so, well, and that and that's really refreshing because when I so when I was hearing it, like I was hearing it from a really positive place, but I was connecting to it about like previous experiences and then using that previous experience mm-hmm. to appreciate where I am now. Right. Yeah. And Absolutely. I didn't like necessarily make that connection when. I heard it the first time. I just like instantly connected to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like uh, on that episode that we did last year, like you guys were talking about like, oh, like, you know, how did you and Pete end up together and all this stuff? Right. And, yeah. and and what makes him the one? And how did that happen for you all? Um, and like if you break it down in a really simplistic way, Pete was the first person that I had ever been with that let me be me. Mm. And he was the first person that saw me at my worst and like was just like, hey, it's okay. I love you anyway. Like, uh, I love all of you. That's what it's about right there. That is so beautiful. Well, I agree. I'm very lucky. Um, But so I was in this really wonderful place feeling that and being in that and and talking about it with my friends. And, you know, but at the same time being like retrospective about all the times that I didn't have that in the past. Mm. And all the times that I didn't feel safe or I didn't feel, you know, accepted or supported or, you know, all of that. I I find it interesting that you say, and I feel like, I'm hoping I understood you correctly, that you feel like you celebrated it all the way through. I did. It seems like, I guess when I'm listening to it from the outside, it seems like, you know, a painful situation to go through. It absolutely was. And something that a lot of people would look back on and be able to recognize the benefit of it. But during that time, they might not see it. But it seemed like, from what you said, you saw, you recognized it from the beginning and 
throughout, which is I think is yeah. that's awesome and rare. Wow. I agree. I think that's unique. I just I was very committed to not be bitter and to actually allow myself to heal. I was very committed to self-compassion, and it was really hard because I was met with a lot of um, discomfort at my joy. Mm. A lot of misunderstanding of how to hold, how can you hold grief and joy at the same time? Mm. Yeah. How can you hold happiness and utter pain, right, at the yeah. same time? And I don't know, it was the spirit, it was the strength, it was the strength that didn't always belong to me. Yeah. You know, and so. See, and when you say that, um, not to cut you off, but that makes me think of Blackbird. Because mm-hmm. it's like you know, um, what you what you do on the what you do on this poem is like you know. I can't relate as a woman, but just the subject matter of it, I can relate to because it's like you know, the 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 person that's been beaten down, and now what do I do? And um, like of all things, the wind helps you get back up. Mm. That, that, yeah. that was I was like. Really, the wind? Like, the wind? like that was, oh, oh, really? It's like you know, um, talking about how um, you don't want to get your wings wet and things like that. Um, what 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 is what does the rain symbolize in this poem? Cleansing. It's the cleansing that that looks scary. That is process, right? right? Yeah. But it's so good for you. Oh wow! You know? It's like that Nayira Wahid poem. Expect tears like you expect the rain both cleanse you and for so long I was so afraid to feel Mm. my heart and to to see all the things I told you about when I was a little girl at 10 years old I was afraid to feel all of that all of the things that I saw in my household Mm. all of the things I saw with my stepfather the scars on my brother's neck the scars in the back of my Mm. mother's head I was afraid Mm. to feel all of that for Mm. so long and I didn't know that the key to my freedom, after being told for so long that my, my feelings are invalid, mm. to shut, sh- you, we hear that all the time, shut down your feelings, your feelings mm. don't matter. What matters is truth, get back to the, no, feelings are indicators mm. of where the wounds are. Feelings mm. are indicators of what needs to be healed. Feelings are indicators of what's important to us. When we allow space for ourselves to feel what needs to be felt, we learn what's important to us, and then we contend to the wounds so that we can go on and be happy mm. and to be free. Mm. That's well, deep. Can, yeah, yeah. Well, that's I, deep. Oh, yeah. I'm just like over there. here, like, my, right. I mean, y'all, can't, y'all can't hear yeah. it, but my head's, like, totally <laughs> nodding as she's self. talking, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I feel like, I think in today's society, you're so right. Like people, you know, like, oh, like turn your feelings off. Or yes. Check your feelings at the door. They're not, you know, like facts are what matter. Right. Being objective and, and feelings, are, I think, are really what guides you to be where you need to be. They're trying to know? turn us all yes. into robots. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like everyone's different, but. you know? So, like, everyone needs to potentially yeah. be in a different place or be a different person mm-hmm. or do different things to, mm-hmm. you know, fulfill their purpose and their being and, and feel good and right with themselves in the yeah. world. And so, like, I think that feelings are really, really powerful oh, yeah. in guiding what you need to be doing and where you need to be and the people you need to be with and right. and all of that. But it's so often just, like, squashed and suppressed and, like, Absolutely. or that's too intense, so I don't know how to react to right. that, so mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore it. Or, 
you know, just this constant, like, kind of shying away from deep things or passionate things right. or, yeah. or any extreme reaction that's emotional. Right. Yeah. Right. So. People like, fine, like, yeah. Jesus Everybody, appears, yeah. and then it's like, oh, that's cool. That's all right. Like, right. Everybody wait. just wants to be chill. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But nobody's ever actually just chill right. all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. And you, and you <laughs> talk to people about things that either make them mad or things that they're passionate about. And you get like, I mean, you, you hear it, you see it, you yeah. feel it. Yeah. But there's this sort of like Mundane reaction. like status yeah. quo of like, but that's not okay. Right. Like, that's not what we need to be doing. Or I need to like keep it in check, you know? Right. Yeah. And so I think that that's, that's really true about like, feeling all of these things and processing that and figuring out what you needed to do with it and what those feelings were telling you, but all these outside external things are telling you that either A, they don't matter at all and should not be considered and they should totally be ignored, or they're not telling you what you think they're telling you. I'm going to tell you what they mean. It's just so not not how it works. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's absolutely not. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Um, um, to, to speak a little bit more on Blackbird, because I like like this is one of I think this is a very very powerful poem. And um, if you're on SoundCloud, look up Daji Moore. Ch- definitely check out Blackbird. It's a very powerful poem. I want to say um, you said something else, I, and and if I say it wrong, I'm sorry. But you said um, look at yourself and try to understand if the lies really ma- the lies you told yourself really made sense. I'm saying yeah, that. yeah. Listen to your lies and see if they make sense. Yeah, I believe like that I wasn't good enough for love. Like, h- how does someone? How does someone come up with that? It's like, you no, know, you like a lot of times. Well, I look at myself like, okay, you know, I think I make it work. But it's like, you know, for you to say that, and just in that in that poem, and as a, as a way to, as the wind telling you to pick yourself back up and telling you these things, and, and it's like like just taking a look at yourself. So that you can get up and and move forward, like man, that 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 line is that line is deep to me too. Um, yo, mm-hmm. you said a lot of powerful, moving, gripping stuff. Like I said, I can't, I I don't know from a woman's standpoint, but it's like I was a person. I f- I feel what you're saying in that poem, and I think you should be commended on that if you haven't already. At least by Drew and Harris. Yeah, Plug the NS stamp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yes. The stamp of the stamp of support has been uh, long since standing. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. So now, how did you Keep get your into lives the? Makes sense. <laughs> I'm so gonna use that on somebody. It's so true though, because it's like if you really like introspect with that statement and think mm. about, okay, well, what lies do I tell myself? Mm. And it can be things that you tell yourself to like make yourself feel better or things that you tell yourself that other people are telling you are wrong with right. you and you are telling yourself, oh, well, right. I need to I need to fix this or I need right. to work on this because so-and-so it told me to. And mm. so it's like this weird right. circumstance to where people do lie, th- lie to themselves all the time. All the time. And, and it can be yeah. internal or external. It we goes founded. <laughs> yeah, and it goes back to this conversation of hiding your emotions mm-hmm. and stuffing things down. It's the wall. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Brene Brown. She wrote a book called Daring Greatly, and she did Renee this. Renee Brown, Daring Greatly. Hold on, I gotta read that. Everybody okay. needs to read this book. Mm. Uh, on any of my blogs where I suggest that people read books, the, this book is on the list. Okay. Um, Brene Brown is my hero, and she did a TED Talk called The Power of Vulnerability. And mm. she writes about it in this book, and she has other books that she's written about this in, but it's when people... 
instead of choosing to do the brave thing, which is show up and be real and be honest, right? And to choose honesty over fear, we put up these walls. Right. Sometimes it's chill. It's like, I'm cool. I'm normal. You know, yeah. I am neutral. That right, neutral, like no big deal. Mm-hmm. No big deal. <laughs> doesn't aff- Nothing affects me ever, <laughs> which is a total lie. Um, because what is happiness, you know? But then they put up these walls of perfection and they put up the wall of aggression and they put up the wall where nothing gets to the heart. Right. Mm. Nothing penetrates. And therefore, they find an inability to connect to anything at all, right. mm. any person at all. And then even in that transaction, they lose the capacity to, um, to feel empathy right. mm. because they can't even empathize on happiness. Right. Right. And they especially can't empathize in sadness and in mm. frustration and fear or doubt. Right. And so it's like, so it's, so where was I? <laughs> it's like this getting back to um, remembering that the brave thing to do is to be open. Mm. Yeah. Right. And even in this poem, um, even in the telling telling myself i do this thing even in my relationships right because i i live with anxiety i live with depression and um and that's an interesting way to say it i know but it's my way of embracing and celebrating all of my textures right i'm still coming out of stuff i'm still healing from wounds and i'm allowing myself to take the time i need to heal from them and so um so I tell myself, th- I say, what is the narrative that I'm believing today? Wow. What is the narrative that I'm believing about this person? Oh. And if it's compromising my connection with the person, if it's compromising my desire to be open with the person, then it's my responsibility to come to the person and say, this is the narrative that I'm believing about us. Mm. Wow. What do you say to this? Like, is it true? Are any parts of this true? Wow. What do I need to spend my energy on unpacking and figuring out? And then what can I lay to the side? Wow. I think that that's awesome. What, how, how is that met when you bring, because that's something deep to bring up to somebody that isn't in that headspace. Like you're in Absolutely. that headspace in yeah. a relationship. And it's powerful and, too, right. because it's like, hey, I'm being real. This is my perspective. This right. is what I'm thinking, focusing on what's what's right. the deal you know like what's yeah. your perspective is it the same is it different like what do we need to be like where do we need to meet in the middle right. or whatever and yeah. so that's a really it's a really real thing yeah. to come at somebody with and a lot of people are not ready for that a lot of people aren't and i will preface this to say that people's reactions to us are not our responsibility right if we make their reactions our responsibility, then we are manipulating them. Right. If mm. we say, I want you to be happy after this conversation, right. then we are manipulating the conversation I agree with to that get 100%. the to get the result that we want to get. So with that being said, it's not always met well. Some mm. people get quiet, some people grow silent, and then I have those few friends who I know are the, like, just like the real MVPs who say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, no, this is the lie. This is the truth. Right. Right. And they meet me with grace. And right. then I get mm-hmm. to meet them with grace in the same way. And right. then mm. connection is restored. Right. But with the ones who don't receive it well, it's always a struggle. And it's like, okay, well, 
I can meet you with grace in this, but I'm also being honest with you and I'm right. saying, this is where I am. These are the reasons why I'm here. Mm. It's not your responsibility that I feel this way, but I do think it's important that you know right. that I, my, my fear is that our connection is compromised by mm. these narratives. Right. Wow. Now, with that, not to go too deep on it, it's just, this is intriguing to me. You know what I mean? I was um, say, well, if we're, we were trying to avoid going deep. We lost <laughs> that train right, right. a long time ago. Well, I, just, um, I guess for me, it's like, you bring this up to somebody, like, you're talking about take your self-inventory, self-evaluating mm-hmm. on a very deep level, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's a certain headspace that you're in. This is a practice that you do with yourself right do you ever find that asking a question or bringing that up to someone is just met with I don't even know how to do that I don't even know what you're doing or what you're talking about or how to even look at myself in that way to answer your question absolutely yeah totally Mm. um yeah and and it it happens it's happened. It's happened that way maybe a couple of times, mm. um, and usually with men, you know. Right, right, right. And <laughs> and so that's why I'm always very careful. I just believe. Um, I think I tweeted this a couple of days ago, just like off the fly at like two a.m. But I really believe that gen- gentleness and curiosity can cure so much. Mm-hmm. And so it's not it's not getting my point across like this is the narrative i believe right right, right. and you need and to answer you for have these to it to right, you right. have to believe it you have to disprove my ma- it's right. like it's not that it's not anyone like i said it's not anyone's responsibility my emotional state what i believe it's no one's responsibility mm. but it is my responsibility to be honest right and so if I'm with someone who is not honest with themselves, mm. then yes, this is going to be the response. The response is going to be, I'm not even sure what to do with that information right, right. because they're not in the practice of being honest right. either. Mm. So it's, so it's always met with, uh, give me a couple of days. Right, right. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try to blow over this situation a little bit and right. we're going to pretend that everything's okay tomorrow and that everything you just shared with me was not, you you didn't actually do that right (laughs) they just try to like avoid it let it blow over and just yeah yeah. so and it's like okay that's really not my responsibility i'm it's just not yeah and so i can't make it my responsibility i can't manipulate the situation so that someone can exercise emotional intelligence and respond um i can just only keep going and say and and if there's an agreement that you know if there's an agreement that we're pursuing something bigger than just friendship mm. then i might bring it back to the table again and say hey you know what did you think about this right these are some these are some narratives that i'm believing for these specific reasons are they true or are they not true it's not that i don't trust you it's just i'm curious and i want to know and my past tells me that <laughs> very specific context clues mean very specific things. Mm. And so this is this is where I'm getting it from. And so in the past, it's been met with a tr- like trying, like, yes, I'm going to try to meet you here. Right. But not everyone is going to be there. You know, not everyone is going to respond in that way. And that's okay. People are where they are. Oh, for sure. 
That's well, so cool. uh, so I'm going to interject if I can with two follow up questions. So first follow up question is, so I think that you use the word emotional intelligence um, just a second ago, and I think the w- I think your approach is very emotionally right. intelligent, right. and not everyone is able to do that or has ever been challenged to do that or has ever interacted with someone who is able to do that or even knows it's a thing right right <laughs> exactly so i like so i me. do think that there is you know some people that are coming from a place of true just like genuine for lack of a better word ignorance to say like okay well you've come at me with some pretty serious stuff and i don't know how to really process that right away like have you ever been met with someone that really did just truly take the few days to like process and then come back to a place to have like a productive conversation with you about it or has it always been sort of like the (laughs) silence was left in silence It was always the fumble. Oh, man. Man, see, oh. I was it's, it's either, it's Come on, either, fellas. It's either they respond immediately because they know what's happening, because they felt mm-hmm. it too, and mm-hmm. they exercise emotional intelligence. And really, I've only felt this from, like, my best friends. <laughs> so, um, it, or it's take a couple of days try to blow past right, it. Right, and then it's La- like it just Laugh a little bit. Make jokes. Like, yeah. You know, try to like, <laughs> yeah, evade the. Just avoid the topic because it's about like those uncomfortable. Balls. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Pretend and that everything was the same before you had that conversation, kind of thing. Yeah. That and sucks, man. it's it's really sad because those, it really, this is going to make me sound like a foosball. <laughs> but it really only happens like it happens like this in like my family relationships and my romantic relationships and that's it all of my friendships we're gucci we're good we're good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my close friends we are good but family and romantic and that and the sad part of it is that especially with romantic relationships they all know this is who i am right. we're gonna practice honesty from the very beginning and we're going to practice me like that's one of those like second date conversations third date conversations you know like we're well, talking about our inner world i can yeah. assume uh, you know based on my experience in the dating world that most people are not ready for that on right. date well it's number not two or number three or i don't know date mm. number 55 yeah <laughs> and it's it's not really the narrative conversations like that's not something that i would ever put on someone on the third date but it's more of like you know, you're talking about how you manage conflict or okay, something. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like, unfortunately, ex- for except for a few, few rare exceptions, right? Um, they're always like, "Yeah, I'm really great at conflict." I f- <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. If we have a conflict, a conflict, we're gonna avoider. talk through it, and we're right. gonna, you know, we're gonna be emotionally responsible adults, and we're gonna listen to each other. We're gonna listen deeply to each other, right. and wow. it's we're like when, <laughs> when the and we're gonna yeah, grow then, together, right? <laughs> and I'm here for your growth, and then like when the most minor conflict happens, where I'm like. Oh, hey, what happened here? I felt really embarrassed when you said this at the party. Mm-hmm. Why Shut are you down. calling me out? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm calling you out in the privacy of this car. <laughs> I'm yeah, saying it gently. I'm asking you way. questions. And that doesn't mean, you know, I'm not perfect. Like, no one is. Mm. No one's perfect mm-hmm. at this. And yeah. But that's also said, like, I'm not going to be perfect at this, but 
I will say that my f- my feelings are hurt, mm-hmm. but I do need to ask, did you mean it this way? Right. right. How like did how should I respond to this? What or how would you have flat. hoped that I would have responded to exactly. this? Exactly. Just ask questions, gentleness and curiosity. Can oh, yeah. I clap? So yeah. asking questions. Oh yes. Ask questions. So well, much is like assumed, like, oh, you did this and not not even that I ever say it. Not me personally, but a person. Oh, ever sure, says, people assume so you did this because about of this. intent right. or, or like you hold it what, in what their you own really minds too, were right. saying was X, Y, or Z. But yeah. to play off what you just said, this is my second follow-up question. Yes. Um, like yeah. you giving that example of like, well, blah, 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 like right. that's not what I meant. Like do you ever, like is it ever met with anger? Ah. Ooh. It has been. Okay, well that's my Ooh. question because it's I definitely. have been met with anger, not in the same philosophically mature, advanced approach that you're describing to us now, but I it's have It's called defi- the Daje approach, by yes. the way. Oh. No, 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 no. Yes. No, it's I like it. It's called meekness, <laughs> actually. Oh, no, except it, Daje, it's um, But I have definitely been met with that where it's like, hey, like, this is how I felt, or this is what happened, or this is how I experienced it. Like, this is why I reacted the way that I did, but, like, let's, let's hash it out. Let's talk about it, like. Where where's your perspective, or where are you coming from, or what did you intend, or mm-hmm. how did you see it play out? And then instead of backing away or being receptive, it's like immediately like defensively right. angry, down. like mm-hmm. I will how not. Dare you. Yes, right. yes, like how dare you say that, or how, how dare, dare you, you ask me that? How dare you insinuate that I am anything but the sweetest gift from God that you could ever <laughs> yes. right. wow. ever conceive? How dare I be imperfect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm always saying I'm not perfect. I let it be known from the jump. I'm probably not exactly. Perfect. Yeah, well, and that's how I think honest, you know, genuine people are. Like yeah. that's how I am. Mm. Yeah, and you know what? I learned this from a guy that I was dating. Okay. Where I was the defensive one, and I was like, "How dare you assume that I would have anything? How my intentions mm-hmm. toward you would be." ingenuine or false Mm. and my defenses were high instead of instead of my desire for our connection being high right Right. Mm. or trying to figure out what it was that he was truly responding or reacting to or what prompted that or what the root of it was yes because in that moment i was more concerned about myself and my self-preservation than i was about our connection and it destroyed our friendship I mm. think I'm gonna oh, listen to I this episode too. like 20 times because oh, it's, like, it's, like, it's like it's like yes, like like yeah, it's like, like we're gonna call this episode relationship here. advice with Sarah and Daje. Oh no! Well, but to build off that point, come, like, come we're back, talking about all like, these productive practices, but I think from my perspective anyway, it's because I have done all of those things in the reverse. Like I have done all of this wrong as well. Like I have, yeah, that's where we learn from. Come in contact with anger and. And silence and, you know, misunderstanding. But I have also been the one giving those things out. Being defensive Mm -hmm. or being like, like you said, like, how dare you assume that my intentions were anything but honorable. Where it's like, well, maybe they had a reason to think that, even if it wasn't true. Or maybe my intentions were dishonorable. And I'm just not being honest with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so definitely want to throw that out there that we're trying to be like, 
humble and self-aware through this process, right. but just articulating the things that we've experienced and, and learned. I think that's on that's, both sides of the spectrum. <laughs> that's the thing, right? They when you say articulating, and we talking about words earlier, and we're not going to stay on the whole relationship segment of this <laughs> yeah. show forever. I'm not. I'm not dying. It's like, man, I should be writing this down. Right. Like, what the? Hey, like, like I know I got right? some. I know I got a talk to my girlfriend about some things like man this is like, okay because like See, like, like i said i don't i have to talk about it i don't want to get into deep detail about it on the podcast because we're totally focusing on Dodge and the impact that she has on in in, in knoxville and with music and poetry and stuff and, and so it was like yeah yeah, yeah and so, so i don't want to i don't want to like uh you know ruin this show with with issues about my life and my relationship so <laughs> we're just gonna Aww. leave it, it leave right but there. i think that's a very genuine reaction to say that you're like yes. this is really cool yeah this is making me think about some conversations and questions that you know me and my person should be talking about rather than like mm. yeah well Absolutely. i don't buy into that right right right, right. <laughs> no no i'm the one that i'm the one that notes. i do the fadeaway so oh, oh no like, oh, yeah. so that i'm, I'm, I'm horrible so i need to be up You're up front yeah i'm i got oh. a fadeaway uh bigger than carmel owns anyways so, <laughs> <Man. all right. laughs> no shame for that there's none oh, there's thanks. none Indeed. thank you but i know i need to make it right and i thank you for Good. helping me see that thank you deep and now we have come to the music part of the show, and Miss Daze Morris has brought us something to listen to. What have you brought for us? Um, it's a song on my last EP, Bloom, called Come. Okay. All right. So we're going to listen to this song, and here we go. Come, come tug on the hot strings. Come tie those long around the stone between our hearts come come tug on the heart strings come tie those lonely ends around the stone between our hearts come meet me in the middle come meet me right Come meet me in the middle. 
Tug on my heartstrings. Come tie those lonely ends around the stone between our hearts. Come, come tug on my heartstrings. Come tie those lonely ends around the stone between our hearts. Jay Morris, and that was my song "Come." All right. Mm-hmm. Woo! And if you are not a fan already, you should be at this point because you just heard this song. So, become a fan. Listen to her right. on SoundCloud. Immediately. Buy her CD. Become a fan immediately. You know, I just want to say, you social know, media. I, I like all the promotion of Dajay, but man, somebody needs to give me a cigarette after listening to that song. That has to be one Ooh. of the most sensually essentially <laughs> charged songs I've heard really essentially I'm not saying it's uh, sexual I'm just saying no, there's like a sensuality yeah. about it yeah. it's like no <laughs> she's saying can I be honest can I tell the truth of course you, you know. can be honest you can always look that's what she said in the song that's what she's been saying all night like, yeah, like really <laughs> like actually yeah it's like man like holy smokes like ooh this song ooh girl you better stop <laughs> You better stop. Say, you made me want to break all the rules. Like what? Man, you're getting into it now. Stop it. Think of it. Whoa. I don't know what kind of questions you're asking. Well, I don't. I don't. Well, and I don't know if that's even a question. I'm just complimenting the song. I'm just saying, like, yo, that's some. That's some powerful grown folks adult stuff. It's not that yeah. like, yo, I'm trying to beat you in the back of my car or something like that. It's like That's this is Valentine's some, Day like, oh. night. It's, it's some it's some really okay. sensual like like yo, I, I feel it. I, I understand where you're coming from. It's like yo, I got a disclaimer. I got a girlfriend, so I can't. No, sorry. Wait, what? No, wait, <laughs> I, I don't okay. want to give my girlfriend mad at me now because I'm talking about this song. It's like man, it's like if you like like you hear stuff like this and it's like man, this is like some. Some it 
it's different than what you're hearing right now. It's like you got you're in like right now it, it with women it's the side chick movement. Like chick, like women singing about like being the side chick and being okay with that. And no, uh, being, absolutely being not. No, I'm just saying, no, like like I'm no, of no, course no. you're gonna say that, but I'm saying but there are there are songs out right now that that, 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 that they, promote they do this. Exist. Like 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 no disrespect to SZA, but the weekend is is the number one example of this. It's yeah. like your man is my man, and I heard that that's her man too. Like, what the heck? You can have him running through front, but I got him on the weekend. Like, like oh, the see, no, see, like, rough out that is not my vibe. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know, I'm, I'm just saying, but like, when you hear this song, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's 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 different. Plus, you know, you have the 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 the, the folk slash bluegrass. Well, it's like very country. sultry. Yeah, sultry is yeah. a good word. Acoustic. Yeah, yeah. that too. You yeah, like all, all that, that stuff in it is like, man, this is this is a great song and I love it. So, well, uh, let me stop talking about it now. Oh, no. Well, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're alone in that reaction, Joe. But like, so for me, like listening to it, it was more so like, it was, it was not like, it was not sensual, but more like this like, tug of war tension. with like mm. yes like tension and like yeah. oh like y- like you have like you have this power like but i'm telling you to just like come and keep doing it because i love it but it's like also torture at the same time i don't know Ooh. like i just got this like yeah. very different vibe from the song rather than being like sensual per se but this sort of like very I don't know, like the dichotomy of a relationship to mm. where it's like it's very powerful and perhaps it is sensual, but it's like also maybe damaging at the same time, but you yeah. still kind of find yourself there. Yeah. So that that's how I interpret okay. that song. Uh, uh, whiskey, go ahead. Try, try Yo, I can't even come after y'all, man. I'm <laughs> like, whoa. Like, I like the song a lot, but y'all took it way deeper than I even was able to. Like well, but that was my reaction it, to Joe because I was like, oh, I can see that. But that was not my interpretation initially at all. Like, my interpretation was very different. Yeah, what I, I, you know, like, I get that. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's it's the whole, um, what, Venus Mars thing? You know? Like, like, like you know, as a woman, mm. you hear it, it's like, you hear this one side, and I hear, like, I hear it as a, from a man's standpoint. It's like, right, right, like, right. Well, uh, let me de- demystify because it's both. Oh, see, see how she did that? It is yeah, both. We're both right. She and she's they just high five for so. y'all that couldn't see it. Yeah. Little known <laughs> fact about the Bloom Project: part of the Bloom Project was um, this the past three years, right? Um, okay. Of of me embracing all of who I am as a woman, and that includes my sex like sexuality, that includes my sensuality, and not demonizing i grew up demonizing right. those parts of yeah. who i am mm-hmm. and i grew up uh with dirty words surrounding that mm-hmm. like oh you know if you embrace this part of yourself this is who you are mm-hmm. and just like really it means a certain thing and it means a certain thing and you're not valuing yeah. yourself but that's not it's it is me valuing this part of me that god gave me mm. through writing these songs right. and yeah. revealing that and expressing gratitude for it because this is part of who I am. And so it is a celebration of my sensuality and mm-hmm. leaning into that tension, right? Because I believe that you cannot have beauty without tension. Right. One of my favorite worship leaders way back in the day said that, Amanda Cook. That's she was teaching though. about songwriting. And she said, you cannot have beauty without tension. Mm. And 
in order to find the beauty, you have to lean. You have to lean into the tension. Oh, wow. In order to lean into the tension, you have to practice vulnerability. Wow. And so... So I took that to heart when I was constructing this very timid album, right? I can, I looking back, I can say this is very timid project. No, I think it's timid for you. I don't think it's timid. Yeah, I don't. I definitely don't find it timid. I don't find it timid. That's not the word I will use either. The (laughs) word I will use is I think the word you use early in the show, and it's gentle. Gentle. Like you can handle things. You can handle anything. Um, in a gentle way and still get it done. And I think that you handled a lot on this project because you handled it gen- gently. You Thank know what you. I mean? Well, so. and just because it's gently, like, to, like, I don't know, to kind of take that a step further. Like, yes, I would agree with that, but just because it's gentle doesn't mean it's not powerful. Or and right. hard. Or right. hard. Yeah. Right. Or loud, right. even. Yeah. Because gentle Thank doesn't necessarily... Doesn't necessarily mean a certain thing that right. we associate with. And piggybacking right back, like careful, right? Careful. Like yeah. if somebody is transporting an atomic bomb, you better do it carefully. You know yes. what I'm saying? And that's a, you're dealing with a lot right there. And I think um, to your point, what you was just saying, Sarah, like. Being gentle or being careful does not mean that this is not powerful. It does not mean that it's not dangerous. It does not mean that it's not fragile. It does not mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it also doesn't mean it's not intentional. Right, right, right. Because gentle is a choice, just like anything is a choice. Right. So intentionality and articulating what you really mean to say is a part of that process. And like you said, okay, so if you're handling something that needs to be handled with care that doesn't mean that you are associated with some certain group of people it means that you're intentionally handling right. something in the way that it should be handled right. and articulating that right yeah nice, nice. so let nice. me let me share what the song is about then okay. because it's something that really needs to be handled with care okay um wow okay so this song i wrote it when i was married okay and very unhappy and very um we were kind of on the brink of separation in marriage oh that makes so much sense now because there's <laughs> a part but that's what i got because it's like this like beautiful slash disastrous thing that's happening and it's like bad for you but you're still doing it anyway because nice. you're drawn to it like yeah that's what that's i'm what's saying happening yeah because that's when you say like how long can this last and something about taking chances it's like oh okay it makes sense now oh, yeah so it's a right. parallel it's a parallel um in the vein of honesty for the sake of connection right mm-hmm. um it would be i would be remiss to believe that people who exist in hard relationships where they're committed to someone that they know that they're not meant to be Mm -hmm. with, that you don't experience extramarital attraction, like, right? You Mm -hmm. don't experience extramarital attention. That's that's the kind of stuff that feels really uncomfortable, the stuff that people want to hide and pretend that they don't feel. Right. That's the stuff. Or, like, Mm. if you're in a committed relationship, even, and you're not even, like, married, you know, and you experience this, and you you know you're not supposed to, you know that you are not fitted for the person that you're supposed to be with, and then you find someone, and they have the things that 
you wish that you had in this relationship and you can't be honest enough to step outside a relationship and not go towards that thing because maybe they're not good for you either. Like it's the practice of self-love. And so this song is like a very honest documentation of what my heart was experiencing as a human being. Wow. And um, that feels there, there are people who on the earth who know what I was experiencing in my heart. And this is not, this is a a very sensitive thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, it's a thing that I understand that I'm not alone in. I'm not the only one who's experienced it. Right. It's so well, crazy. And I, uh, well, and I think that's why me and you experienced it differently. Jim. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, I, like, because that's why I identified with the song is because I have been there. I have been in that, like, beautiful slash catastrophic yeah. um, hurricane mm-hmm. of, <laughs> like, passion and... And great things, but really, really, really bad things and Mm -hmm. and negative things at the same time. But I'm hearing it from a feminine voice as well. So, of course, I'm going to relate to the voice of your perspective because Mm -hmm. not necessarily that to say that I would have necessarily experienced that. I think think that I have, and that's why I identify with it. But your voice and the way that you hear it is going to be different because you're coming from from the guy's perspective. So... So maybe you're seeing it as far as maybe maybe she's talking to you instead of right. talking as you, or right. or maybe she's trying to say something and you're viewing it as one way and she's trying to say something else or yeah. or whatever. But I think that's a really good that's illustration real. of why we experience that differently. Yeah, she broke that down, man. But yeah. <laughs> that is music. That if part. you can experience it differently, that part. because yeah. it speaks on multiple levels. Right. And that's the, the, I feel like that's the beauty of getting to write into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of artists write into the spaces that feel taboo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we need it. Yeah. We need it because we need external sources to help us understand right. how we feel about a thing. Mm. We need well, it. Well, and I think we need external sources to push society forward yes. right. as well. So we, we need the artist and the fill in the blank other people right. that are willing to be progressive and willing yes. to be out of the box and willing to say what nobody else wants to say right. yeah. and yeah. willing to have the conversation that needs to be had but nobody really wants right. to have because it's yeah, difficult absolutely. or it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I th- I think artistry in lots of different forms, music, poetry, poetry, yeah. art, I mean, uh, you yeah. name it, tons yeah. of different spectrums. That's what it's always been. Yeah, yeah I mean, like if you're if you're looking at any art form, whether yeah. it's music or otherwise, or photography or otherwise, or poetry or otherwise, or writing, or whatever, it, at its truest form, it is saying something right. for a reason. It, it's you expression, know? And it's right? Progr- it's yeah. progressing that social conversation about what are we doing and what should be we like, what should yeah. we be doing and what are we doing wrong and what could we be right. doing better? Mm. Yes, and on that note, like this song is about shamelessness Mm. it's it's diminishing and kicking shame out the door because i was like in a community that was mainly christian you know mainly very religious and at the same time like coming into myself as a 20 i was 21 22 at the time very young married very young when you wrote this song Yes. No, I was 
Yeah, I was 21, 22, somewhere around there. Wow. So I was married very, very young at 19. Well, I was huh? married at, yes. <laughs> 19? I was married at 19 years old. There's no way I could be married at 19. Well, I, I did it, and I knew that it wasn't right for me. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And I didn't trust my intuition. Instead of entrusting my intuition, I trusted other voices mm. around mm-hmm. me yeah. and said, exactly. you know, it's better to be married than to burn and which is a scripture okay. and it was just badly applied uh, to my yeah. situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really just needed to finish college guys. Yeah. <laughs> like I needed to, I really yeah. needed, needed to, to break up with my boyfriend. Exactly. And I didn't do that. And so, and I didn't do that and I married the wrong person and I, I had infatuations and mm. I had dreams and I had, and I was just like beating myself up over it every single day because I married the wrong person, you know? Yeah. Like, and how many other people experience that? Right. How many other believers or Christians or whoever experienced that and shut down their sexuality? Women. There's like this whole like group of women who don't even understand what it's like to have an orgasm. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that on the show. You could you definitely you say, could say it. You could say it. Oh, and that is, is it going to? It might be edited out. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, you but so there's, like, there's like a whole like they don't even understand. Like, and I'm not saying that that's the point. You know, I'm not saying that that is the reason. But I'm just like you don't like. But that's a good reason. If that's <laughs> the reason. But, well, you, but it wasn't that. the but reason. It's, but, but it's it's an illustration it's of the an point. Illustration right? of the point. Like you don't even understand what your worth is enough to say. Oh, this is not really what love is supposed to look like. Yeah. Well, and it's about like thinking about like what makes you like what gives you worth. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um. And 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 whatever that framework is, or whatever is just like either you know, steam trained into you or coached into you or whatever yeah. can shape that. And mm. so, yes. you know, like if you're taught as a woman, which historically we can definitely say has been done and right. I think is still done today. Absolutely. Um, in some cases, not as widespread or as common as it once was, but like, you know, like that you're not sexual and that, and that like you're like, you are yes. to please and That's you are to do this how and I that. Up. And then, and then yeah. there's these gender roles. Yeah. Yes. And I grew up in a very conservative environment Same. too. So I can, <laughs> so I can empathize with that. Yes. And so like having the conversation, which I think that we have come a really long way. I, th- I, I think that in 2018, we have made some progress. Absolutely. But <laughs> with that being said, there are still sort of social mores, if you will, if you're yeah. familiar with that, like, sociological term. Yeah. About, like, it's it's basically about, like, the trends and the things that are considered okay with the groups that you identify with. Right. And that might yeah. be your family, that might be your social mm-hmm. group, that might be yeah. your racial group, mm-hmm. that might be your gender group, that might be your gender identity group, like, lots of different things. Mm-hmm. And there's these sort of commonalities that are accepted to be commonalities. Right, yeah. Stereotypes and stereotypes. And people say, well, stereotypes exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. Well, they do in a certain way. And, of course, they don't in another. Yeah. And being typecasted has really yeah. detrimental effects. And mm-hmm. when you're talking Absolutely. about gender or we're talking about religious sexuality. affiliation or sexuality, <laughs> like, yeah. for, I, and I can speak from the female perspective. I can't speak from the other perspective. But, like, to, to give a comparison, if you will. So, like, I, so I, I'm clearly a female. I'm a, I'm a woman. And I have three brothers. So I was the only girl. Mm. Okay. 
lots of super awesome things that came from that. Mm. My brothers are amazing. I would never train any one of them for anything. However, like, we had this discussion, like, as adults. Like, I'm 31 and I'm the youngest. So, like, clearly, like, we're all adults now. We had this conversation at one point, the four of us, about, Mm. like, what it was like to have, like, the sex talk. And the difference. Well, but okay, well, I didn't have the talk either. But the difference was that like my dad like took my brothers out for ice cream. And he's like, hey, so like maybe your body's been talking to you. Like, let's just hash it out and like talk about what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Over a vanilla cone. No. And then I like which my mother is amazing in one million and one ways. But like her approach was like here is the information anatomically that you need. If you have any questions, mm. like, let's talk about it. But my sexuality was not celebrated. Right. And I feel yes. like the sexuality that. of men is celebrated. Right. Yes. And that's a really... Absolutely. That's a Can I talk on that, please? Yes. Okay, sure. Sorry. I don't mean to... You're, you're fine. You're fine. Like you're fine. going <laughs> down the rabbit hole. And this I is just part real, No, I just realized how Neanderthalic I am by thinking about all this stuff. <laughs> 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 You are a self-revelatory piece. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not necessarily that way unless you're choosing to be that way. I don't think I'm choosing to be that way, but that could be that too. And that's a different conversation. Yes. So sexuality was not celebrated in my household. I can understand. In my life as a woman. Mm. As a woman, my sexuality was shut down completely. When I said I had a crush on someone in middle school, it became this entire drama. Mm. This entire drama where I was being chased around the house with a hanger so they could beat my ass. (laughs) Wow. Whoa. Yes. And, like, as much as I love my mother, she, like, I mean, this is what she believed. Like, she didn't want me to be corrupted, so... She didn't want me to, like, fall into being pregnant too Mm. early or whatever. And I understand that. And my stepfather was kind of the fist that, like, you know, carried things through. Oh, wow. So to speak. On that front. And so the sex talk was not had. When we talked about the sex talk, it was, ha, 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 you're not going to know what you're going to do on your wedding day. And then I got married at 19, and it was, like, not a joke (laughs) anymore. Right. And so I like my sexuality has always been a thing of shame for me mm. growing up. So always, often that way yeah. From from five years old, sexuality had always been a sh- it's a shameful thing. And we think about how early is too early to talk to your kids about sex as soon as they can understand what a penis and a vagina is. In mm. my opinion, I don't have kids. I've never navigated that situation, but well, I know. Well, regardless, it shouldn't be suppressed. It shouldn't be suppressed. Having the discussion right. And I remember that being more often yes, and maybe on both sides. Absolutely. But on the female side. And I remember being a five-year-old, like under, like sort of like beginning to understand sexuality. Like you, you experience pleasure as early as you experience anything else. Right. Yeah. And that is not stripped from you. Right. And so, but it wasn't celebrated. It wasn't informed. It wasn't it wasn't built in a safe place. And so I grew up, especially in a stringent Christian household where I was only allowed to wear skirts and dresses past Mm. my knees. Mm. Right. Mm. And only to only allowed to read 
uh, archaic versions of the Bible, like the KJV, right? Yeah, King James. And was preached at from the pulpit how to have a great summer. No wonder why these little girls are getting raped out here. They're wearing shorts. Hearing that year after year, Sunday after Sunday. Mm. So I come into this marriage. And having in it be enforced like in my home, voice. exactly, not even able to wear shorts or bed, like pajama pants in my own home, having to wear these old, like long granny yeah. suits to my bed that were really hot. This is real life. People <laughs> exist like this. Yeah. Wow. So when I get to my marriage bed, right, and I'm wanting to celebrate my sexuality and that first year, like that year, those years when we were when we were dating, we tried things and we felt so much shame for trying things and for Mm -hmm. even kissing too hard. And like for like touching each other in the, like the wrong places, quote unquote. unquote, And it was just like so much shame entering into my marriage and so much pain and so much fragility. When I started to understand like who I was and who my, what my, what my body could even do. Like, who I got to be, my narrative shifted, and I realized I married the wrong person. Wow. Well, and even if you married the right person, it's really challenging to it transition is. from, okay, well, we've been connected for this long, and we couldn't do those things ever, and we're supposed to feel really, really bad about it, and then right. now, oh, we're and just supposed to be able to do it. Like, yeah. That's a pretty like, stark difference. Yes. Like, that's a very drastic shift yeah Mm. and i think it's pretty understandable that sometimes people don't handle it well or manage it well or know what to do with it because it's so foreign and so 100 opposite of everything that they've known thus far so even if you're ready to embrace your sexuality and ready to explore that like yeah a you probably don't know how and b like you're also still fighting these like feelings of the fact that you shouldn't even though according to your like social upbringing that it now is okay but it's been not okay for so long that that feels weird exactly which is why this is why this is like a huge cornerstone of the bloom project right it's like for so long this has been weird for all of us involved for so long we know this and Mm -hmm. we don't talk about it we talk about purity right which i have some salty words about purity culture. Yeah. I'm not going to share about promiscuity, and I have some salty words about that. Talk about it. Man, I have some salty words about that This is the place well. to get your salty words out. <laughs> DNS is all about salty words. Oh, yeah. but I, th- I think we need a part two for that. <laughs> part because two? I, mean, yeah. I feel like yeah, we're the theme for the night has been that yeah. like, we could go on and on, but yeah. we don't, yes. don't want to go. There's so much stuff we haven't even talked about. It's turned into a relationship. Yeah, like I said, this is like a relationship talking relationships with uh with Sarah <laughs> Yeeple and Dodger Morris. So uh do you have any shout outs you want to give? Shout outs? Yeah. Oh, what kinds of shout outs? I have all like, kinds. Like like you wanna say like thank you, I love you to somebody out there or you know, I don't know. Or hey, or a hey, shout hey, out what's to up, the fans what's up to my people's a message for yeah. the general yeah. public. Yeah. Um I'm really thankful for the people who um man I have to try not to cry at like literally every moment of talking about real stuff, but thankful for the people who have stuck by me through all of the creative process. Um, 
and who have celebrated my outcomes with me instead of crossed their arms and said, mm, that's cool. You know, that's yeah. that's good. Mm-hmm. I'm or glad you're doing what you're doing. But like have actually been there with me in, right. the, yeah. in the mud, in the dirt, in the valley. Right. Um, and who allow me to celebrate them back. So y'all know who you are. You know who you are. There's only a few of you. So. All right. And from the doers and sayers, we also say thank you because we are so excited and grateful to have interacted with this beautiful Mm. soul. So thank you. Yes, we are. For being beautiful to her before we got to interact with her. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any other shout outs you want to give there, Sarah? Um, no, I'm just so thankful that I got to participate in this conversation <laughs> and I've been a fan since approximately one year ago when you beautiful souls introduced me to this hey, lovely artist. She called us beautiful souls. Oh, oh, oh you are. Do, I hope you remember that the last, like the very first time that I was on the Doers and Sayers, I was lobbying for the position of like taking over Pete's spot, right? I, I do yeah. remember that. So I was like, hey, like, <laughs> lobbying. Like, Pete has been, like, fooling me. Like, (laughs) he's been painting this as, like, something that perhaps he has to do, quote, unquote. And I'm realizing this is something (laughs) that is awesome that he gets to do. (laughs) So I had, like, you know, crafted this whole monologue and story about how I was going to lobby for his position. And he wasn't going to get to be on the show anymore. And I wasn't going to get to be on the show. And... You know, all that. And like at yeah. the very end of the first episode, you long-term listeners will out there will know what I'm talking about. Um, there's this, like, little explanation that I give where I'm like, Pete's out of commission. <laughs> right. He had surgery. I'm totally taking over. <laughs> and those of you that can't see me, I'm rubbing my hands together mischievously. <laughs> um, and, I, and I make this explanation about how, like, I want to come every Thursday to the Red Room because that's where we were recording that's at right. the time. Yeah. Um, we recorded at the Hoy in the Red Room mm-hmm. at that point. And uh, I was like, I'm going to come to the Red Room and I'm going to drink, like, interesting whiskey and hang out with my best friends. And so, Absolutely. like, that's how I said it a year ago. It was the truth many moons before that. And it still stands to be the same. And you're back. Yeah. All right. Whiskey, so. you got any shout outs you want to give? Yo, shout out to Wakanda. Yes. Also. Wakanda forever. Right. Wakanda forever. Yes. Also, do, do shout out to Dajay's fro. Oh. <laughs> Big Did shout out to Dajay's fro. fro. Oh Thank my you. god! I am so yeah. glad someone <laughs> talked about the elephant in the room because yeah. I've been admiring <laughs> from afar from the get go. Nah, Again, I, so I keep like going retro, but like that very <laughs> first episode, I am like talking about. How so jealous, <laughs> right, right, bro. Right. Like, oh yeah, you did say that. Yeah, oh. I mean, listeners that don't get to see me in person, I am like as white as a sheet. I have red hair. I have freckles. <laughs> like I am as Irish as they come. She could pretty much be in the Green Gables, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, she right, right, right. yes, <laughs> yes. That is a very excellent uh, comparison, Joe. Um, but I have always been so jealous <laughs> of the beautiful fro. Um, and so ever good. since I came to your awareness of your talents and musicality. The fro was also this lovely addition <laughs> slash icing on the cake for it. Um, so I'm just here to say, if you don't have an appreciation for the fro, then I don't even know how to talk there to you. There have been a couple <laughs> of haters. There's fro haters oh, out here? No. Yes. Call them out. Name them. for the first time for like two weeks, and people were like, oh, I love your extensions, which is great. 
But then when I took them out, they were like, oh, but I really love the extensions. And I'm like, why? I don't I really like love If that. you want to name them, <laughs> so we will bomb I them on social not media. I'm not going like to do it. I personally will bomb them Because I love them. Oh, One and all. Okay. Oh, see, and you're so benevolent. Right. Um, <laughs> Benevolent's right. not yes. the word. Uh, you seem much more generously uh, forgiving or accepting somehow than I feel like I've ever been. But <laughs> I feel like natural hair is a constant battle mm-hmm. for women of color. Absolutely. And That's a whole other conversation. It yeah. is, and we'll get to that. We're gonna be we're gonna be here all month. Ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh. oh, snap. Um, <laughs> but it's a serious issue and it's not freaking OK that it's suppressed. Natural hair should be celebrated. OK, so absolutely. Get used absolutely. To it. I agree. So not everybody so wants extensions. Natural yeah. hair. We're well, also we going to celebrate couple more. our what sexuality. Else? What else are we celebrating? Poetry. Yes. Poetry. We're, yes. Ce- we're celebrating our textures. Yes. Our human textures. We're celebrating our emotions. Yes, and our I like where this unique is voice as women to tell a story. All yes. right. Bang, Absolutely. bang. And I'm going to shout out to all of that. <laughs> you and took so the easy way out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, what am I going to do? I can't say What y'all say? Yeah, well, yeah well, exactly. I, uh, I co-sign what they said. Hey, to uh, be fair, um, I feel like we've been a little bit aggressive. Not aggressive, but nah. dominant, no, perhaps. Dominant is good. Present. 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 Yes, present. I present. like that better. I like right. that better because we were not dominant. We were present. Yes. And yes. you know what? It's, we it's, took up all of our space. And that and that, and that needs to happen. And I think when it's real, the masculine energy knows when to slide back and let you have it. And that's how we got a partner. When it's masculine energy knew how to do it. You know? Which I am thankful Yeah, the world's masculine energy and the patriarchy does not. But we're going to use you guys as the forefront leaders of how to partner together so that everyone Okay. Everyone can be happy. See, we transcendents, man. Okay. <laughs> I, I thank you. I don't feel like much of a transcendent. I was like, oh, man. I, oh, my I, gosh. I Joe, just, you're just always giving yourself the least amount of credit possible. I am. So I'm just going to stop you right there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get well, back to the voice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> oh, oh, what is the yeah. cartoon character <laughs> of Elmer Fudd slash uh, someone very yeah. high-pitched? I was it high pitch really? I didn't think it was high pitch. It, no, it was very, very uh, I, mundane. You know what, Joe? I think it the listeners come back to hear you. Oh. So I think that's how we should end it tonight. Oh, mm. hearing me or hearing like, all right. Well, hearing we you, would like to thank Dajay Morris for coming on the show tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Don't forget, you can follow us on all social media sites. And if you don't want to do that, you can just go to doersandsayers.com. I repeat, doersandsayers.com, D-O-E-R-S-N-S-A-Y. Oh, my God. And in case you didn't know, this is not a robot. R-S.com. I got you. All right. Doers and Sayers. So for Sari Yapel. Um, and Wasabi Wilson, and I am And Pete Apple. Yeah, Pete Apple is in the building. G- yeah, but this is uh, G- Dudes and Sayers signing off. <laughs> 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 <laughs>